What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This is Everything Home, the transformational show about life, laughter, and the pursuit of happiness delivered by good people doing good business and good things. Let's take the word freedom. Wouldn't it be great to have more professional freedom, personal freedom, and how about financial freedom? Every week, Michelle Swinnick, the queen of quality content, interviews experts, entrepreneurs, professionals, and purpose-driven people to share their stories, their passions, and provide real-life, tangible takeaways. Get ready to be entertained, yet learn some incredible information. This is Everything Home, and this is Michelle Swinnick. I am very excited about today's guest because when I first watched his presentation at a virtual summit in May, I not only loved his message, but he has a great personality. And then when I realized who he was, I said, now that's the total package. So my special guest today is America's startup success expert, Alec Stern. And today's topic, Alec Stern and small business advice, starting up, surviving, and thriving. Alex Stern is an entrepreneur, speaker, mentor, and investor. He has become known as America's startup success expert, it's a lot of S's in there, for performing hundreds of keynote speeches worldwide and for his popular sessions at top conferences like Secret Knox, CEO Space International, City Summit, Power Team International, and Habitude Warrior. He's been a co-founder or founding member of eight startups with five exits, two IPOs, and three acquisitions. As a primary member of Constant Contact, which I'm sure everybody knows, he's part of the founding team. He was also one of the original threes who started the company in an attic. And I'm excited to hear that story. Alex was with the company for 18 years from startup to IPO to a $1.1 billion acquisition. Last year, Alex was selected to the Influence 100 Authority list by Influence Magazine, and he was featured on the cover with a very handsome photo. And for this year, he's already won two visionary awards at top conferences for his success as an entrepreneur and for his work helping startups and entrepreneurs. And what you might not know is that he's also an accomplished drummer and has had the honor of sitting in with a number of musicians, including Toby Keith's house band in Las Vegas. So today's topic, Alex Stern and small business advice, starting up, surviving and thriving Mr. Alex Stern, how are you today? And thank you for coming on the show. Wow, Michelle, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm going to take away from this conversation. I'm the total package. <laughs> <laughs> you are. I'm telling you, that's how you got the personality. Uh, you've got the experience. And it's all there, man. So uh, we need to find you a friend. We need to find you a friend. Somebody, right. somebody needs to all enjoy right. that. All right, that'll be that'll be my uh, tagline for the day. Hi, Alec here, total package. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. So, 
do you want to start straight with the small business? Do you want to go into, you know what, I think it's important. Let's talk a little bit about the constant contact since that is something that everybody can relate to. I actually yesterday used it and sent out the first, my first email to the, my database that I've sent in. I didn't realize how long it was um, since I had sent something out. And uh, I know that you're going to say that that is bad business and bad marketing and bad follow-up on my part, considering how important it is to be in contact, especially now. And I think a lot of other people maybe not realize how long it's been since they've outreached or done something that's, that should be consistent. So let's, let's go a little bit about where the, uh, the, the whole constant contact came from, and then you can reprimand sure. me on my bad marketing tactics. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll get the reprimanding out of the way first, and then I'll talk about constant contact. <laughs> um, yeah, so you've got to stay in touch with your customers, but, but also your list. Um, you know, when, when, if you wait, people, you know, you're not top of mind. People are like, why am I getting this? All of a sudden, I'm getting this. And you don't want them to unsubscribe for the wrong reasons, just simply because you haven't been in touch. So, so it's just really important to, have, to get into some rhythm, and you decide the rhythm. So no one's saying doing it daily or weekly, monthly. You know, you could do it quarterly or every every six or eight weeks. Whatever works for you, uh, establish that that sort of calendar and, and stick to it because there's a, so much value in staying top of mind and, and sharing things with your with your followers. And so they're not going to always just come and find you to learn stuff. So you got to kind of uh, present them with things. So I'm not one to reprimand, but I would just say uh, you might want to, now that you've started it, just keep it up. And it's really important to to be top of mind and, and they'll share it with others and you'll increase, you know, um, engagement and also possibly even some additional followers from that. So, so to switch hats to talk about constant contact. So as you had mentioned, I appreciate that uh, gracious intro. Um, I have been involved with eight, eight startups with five exits. Constant contact is the one that most people know by name, you know, cause it's either they have used it or know someone that's used it or received messages or seen commercials. So, so the name is, uh, you know, sort of become almost a, a business hold or household name. So, which is really, really exciting. But back um, in the end of 97, beginning of 98, you know, there were three of us in an attic. Uh, it was Randy, Margaret, and myself, the original founder, Randy, with an idea, Margaret, you know, software architect, and I was sort of on the business side. And so, you know, back then there were more things we didn't have than we did. And this is not unlike any other startup. We didn't have a finished product. We didn't have a business plan. We had an executive summary. We had a PowerPoint. Uh, we didn't have revenue. We didn't have investment. We'd have employees. We didn't have customers, success stories, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But what we did have was a passion to help small businesses. And so, you know, we went out and, and you know, I would go out and talk to small businesses, you know, in the earlier days and really understand what what is it that that they're looking for in terms of a goal, a vision, something that they have and want more of, or something that they don't have and they, they wish they did. And, and hearing things like, you know, I'd love to be top of mind with my current customers. I would love to get them to come back in. Yeah, I would love more revenue. It'd be great to get uh, new people to come in, you know, new you know, prospects, if you will, coming in into the business, whether it's a product or a service. And so hearing all of those things and then, really just, you know, sort of working on for solving a problem, if you will, or creating an opportunity for a small business. So I guess really focusing on saving them money, saving them time, or increasing revenue. You know, those are just some examples of things that, you know, we tend to want to try to help our target market with. And so, 
when we, we would hear what they were looking for. And if we said, if we could provide you an easy to use self-service tool that all you had to worry about was who you wanted to send something to, when you wanted to send it, and what you wanted to say when you sent it, and not worry about anything technical or, you know, and, but, but have create great looking, you know, email marketing messages that would level the playing field for you against your big competitors, Amazon and others who are doing that really well. Would that be of interest to you? And of course they would get wide eyed and say yes. And so, so we knew, we knew we were onto something when we were, you know, kind of just starting to formalize what, what would be this thing called email marketing. Cause that was sort of a new concept, you know, and, and we certainly heard from folks that, well, people have an inbox, you know, they, they're sending email today. Why would they need to use something else instead? And, you know, we all know the reasons, you know, in terms of the value of, of sending a great looking, you know, email that got into the readable format into the, into the inbox and then all the tracking and reporting to follow. And so, so in the earlier days, we knew we were onto something just because the target market told us we, uh, that we would help them in, in several ways. And look where it is today. I mean, it's uh, it's something, or even if, if they're not using content, constant contact, it's some some sort of similar service. Which I don't. Yours is much better quality when it comes to how the appearance is. That uh, it's something that's vital with every business. And what was interesting, and then I want to jump right into you know what's going on today. But I thought this was an interesting fact. A couple months ago, I had gotten an email. You know, the marketing emails that come from constant contact, and they said that. Um, 98% of businesses rely on referrals to grow their client base, but only 3% have a referral plan. And email marketing is the most effective tool for awareness, acquisition, conversion, and retention. 98.4% of consumers check their email daily. The other 1.6 forgot their passwords. And <laughs> thought that was funny. But comparing it to social media, knowing that algorithms and things like that, you might have a huge database of people that are your friends or your contacts, but only a very small portion ever see some of the posts. So it's critical to have that email campaign, knowing that people open them and you can get in front of them, like you said, and be consistent with that. So that is something definitely is a big marketing marketing thing. People need to, if they're not implementing it regularly, they, they should. So let's jump into the current economic situation and considering what's going on with this pandemic, what are you experiencing with the small businesses you work with and some advice on what companies and individuals should be doing? Yeah. And so I have spent a fair amount of time with uh, startups and small businesses as of late and even more so than I, I did prior to kind of these current market di- conditions that we're living with. And, and they sort of been broadened, unfortunately, with what, what's happening with social justice and, and everything else included. So, the small businesses and, and startups, you know, uh, we can use this as a stuck, let's just sort of freeze and sort of wait and see. Or some people would say, well, you know, we got to, I got to think outside the box. Well, the bottom line is that the box we used to live with is gone. There's no in or out of that box anymore. What will happen when we come out of all of this? We don't know what it is. Is it a cylinder? You know, is it, what it was, it something else, but, but so it's going to be different. And, and we, we have to think about, you know, our, our sort of business at hand and what we do day to day. So the, the best thing for the business today is that you're not on the hamster wheel of your day to day that you were before, where you just had so much going on and you're, you know, your just mind was so full with just operate operations and, and sort of managing the, uh, all aspects of the business. 
And so some use the phrase, you know, it's time to work on your business, not in your business. And so you know, using this time to look at things, stepping back and looking at it strategically is so key. And so when you think about that, I'd ask some of the small businesses, if you stayed on the path that you were on before and, and nothing changed, you know, this, these marketing conditions didn't exist, did you see that path as your path to the success you want to achieve? Not what, you know, the industry or what others think, but what did you think in terms of success? What did success look like? And were you on that path to the success, that vision or the goal that you set for some number of years from now? And many, many felt, you know, that they were plateaued, you know, that they really hadn't gotten the formula down to really grow as they would like to grow. Some of them, you know, are very comfortable with the business. They were comfortable with the level they were at, provided well for their family and as a nice family-run business. And, but others had goals and objectives that that path may not, may not get them there anyway. So now you, you overlay in these market conditions. So now things have come to a halt in some cases or stalled in some other cases. And, and so when you're thinking about this strategically, you know, you might be looking at something that's adjacent to what you're doing today where there might be a bigger opportunity. And now's your time to go look at, look at things. So I'm not a fan of pivot, the word pivot, because it just assumes I'm going to drop everything and move somewhere else. So if I'm on a highway, I'm switching highways. Like, I don't believe that that's you know, really the answer. And it could be a slight adjustment from the lane of the highway you're on today to the next lane or both lanes on either side of the, the lane you're in to where you might find some other opportunities and so forth. And so when thinking about the business and, and strategizing, I'll give you a couple of examples if you'd like. The first one is uh, so a gallery. I knew several gallery owners, and they were uh, certainly constant contact customers and Knew them before, during, and sort of, sort of after. With, with, you know, once you know when the company sold, you know they're still, still active with that. But, but I knew them as gallery owners, you know, first and foremost. And so, you know, I would ask them, what are you doing? Like, where's all the art, and what are you doing today? And they said, well, it's all locked up in our shop, or we, we put it into storage, or we did something, and we're trying to figure out what we're going to do, kind of next. And, and I'm like, why don't you take a, pick an artist, take several pieces of that art, bring it home. And do a Zoom or, or some virtual, you know, curate a virtual art show and invite your customers and, the, and then encourage they do watch parties, invite their friends and colleagues and show the art, you know, and, and feature the art and have the artist come on as a guest on the Zoom and have the artist talk about their background and what got them into painting and this, that and the other and start talking about the pieces of work and what was the motivation behind that painting or sculpture or whatever it may be and, and start showing that. And in, in one case, you know, somebody did something similar and then somebody had a watch party and, and one of their friends watching this contacted the gallery and bought, bought a piece. And so, you know, they're just moving it virtual to the experience virtual. And so virtual is not going anywhere. Let's just be really clear. This is going to stay around. We're all used to this now. And it's going to stay into the, into the mix. And so anyone who has a brick and mortar or, or a business, they can still supplement in a virtual experience for those that just can't show up to the restaurant. You know, again, maybe, maybe a tourist came into town and went to the restaurant and loved it. They're not coming back till they show up in Boston again. But there could be virtual experiences with a chef, you know, in the restaurant that they could be experiencing while they're not coming here, for example, you know, to Boston to eat in that exact restaurant. So there's some real creative things that the chef can do where it could be cook at home with chef, you know, chef Alec, where, you know, I'll, here's your shopping list, go buy these ingredients and we're going to make it, you know, fam, like make it family experience. 
here's the prep you do before we go live on the Zoom. So just like you see on TV, they got a little bowls of cut this, that, and the other, and then they assemble the meal together, and then you know have some fun with the with the chef, and then the family has a great experience, and then they're enjoying a meal that was sort of mastered and curated by that chef that they loved when they ate in the restaurant. Well, give the these businesses a chance to expand their their audience. You know, going virtual, just say like your perfect example, the gallery. You don't live in the city where the gallery is. You're probably never going to go there. Now it's something that you get a chance to look and get a feel and get exposed to art. You might be buying something and never have to go into the store. So I see a lot of pros to now this virtual world be something that, yes, we were forced into it. But when you look at it from at an added value of using still both, because you still want human interaction when when it gets to the point where we can be doing that on a regular basis, it's only going to be more beneficial for the companies and the businesses that want to, to creatively use it. Like you mentioned the chefs. I think that's a brilliant idea. Yeah. And there, there's so many things that can be done to your point about expanding their reach, expanding their, you know, sphere of influence, right? So their customers, you know, expanding out to more potential folks and which will, will drive experiences. So, uh, we're all connectors in one way or another. And so if we have a really good experience, we share it. Like, oh, I bought the most incredible piece of art from this. The gallery owner was the nicest person I've met, and they were just so helpful, and I love it. Well, guess what? Either they take a picture of it and throw it up on social, or friends come to their house and see it. But other than that, you know, not going to have a lot of exposure to that and, and a reason to expose it. But imagine if they're invited to this, you know, curated art show, on Zoom, you know, on Thursday night at 8 p.m. And they, you know, and they get, you know, an email marketing message about it and they go and forward that on to all their friends or push it out on social to say, hey, anyone, uh, any art lovers, check it out. And then when they go live, they can do a watch party with all their friends, you know. And so with push of buttons, you know, the, the, this sphere of influence grows exponentially quickly. And to a point you raised earlier, with the email you receive from Constant Contact, you know, the most uh, sort of personal conversations you can have are through email because it sits in your inbox. It doesn't go anywhere. You can go back and revisit it and look at it. You can read it at your leisure and you can take action with it. You know, the social conversations are a stream of conversation where that if you're not sort of checking it regularly, things sort of just stream on by and new things replace it. Unless you're going to go back a day or two, you might never see it. And then to your other point, you know, with some of the algorithms, you know, only a fraction of the people on your uh, sort of uh, your friends and your followers see things anyway. So one, you have a, it's limited to seeing it through the algorithms and two, it's limited because they may not be on social at that time. So you've got an opportunity to increase your engagement, you know, through through email marketing and and all of these are marketing touches. And so it's just really important to know that you know, with one touch, you might get one or two response rates, you know, so you might send an email, you might do a social post, you're going to get a small number of folks engaging. But over time, if you were increasing that to say seven touches in a variety of different ways, then you increase the engagement up to 50%. And so it's just really important that to think about, you know, as a business, you know, am I having enough marketing touches to be top of mind for people to make those decisions? You know, the one or two that are kind of, they get the first message. Oh, yeah, that's right. I have to plan, uh, I have to plan a dinner for the upcoming birthday or what have you, you know, and so they'll take action. But then the rest will be like, oh, yeah, you know, it's top of mind and they may take action right away. 
or then they may forget it. So, so you want to just be in front of them when they're ready to take action to do something, uh, whether it's booking something or going back into something when we can, or, uh, you know, like a gallery, what have you. And so it's just really important to be top of mind and, and stay active and engaged with your customers, especially now more than ever. Uh, the last point I make, we spent a lot of time looking for our net new prospect. Like uh, how do we expand our business and get new prospects in the, into the fold for, to buy our products and services? And your best prospect is your current customer. The referral engine that they provide and, and the trusted resources telling someone else. And you know, that's where a lot of your, your next customers will come from. And it's really important to not ignore them and assume, well, they're good. I'm already working with them. They're my customer. I don't have to do much there. Let me go find new. They are your best prospect for new customers. And so take advantage of staying in touch with them and engage with them, especially now more than ever, because the minute, you know, all of this, you know, opens back up and we, and, you know, they're going to come running back in, or they may, if you give them the opportunity, take advantage of anything you're doing virtually or, or what you're sort of offering today. So don't lose sight of the fact that, that it's so key to stay engaged with your customers when I've talked to many who are sort of not doing anything. They're just going to, they're just waiting until the, you know, they can kind of go back to opening up the shop and, and, and people will start coming back in, you know, give them a reason to come back in or, or engage with them so that, that you're top of mind for them to want to come back in. Well, that's a great tip and a reminder, especially since you just confirmed a lot of people you've talked to aren't doing anything. So if your competition isn't doing much and people are just kind of waiting, but yet you've got bodies looking for either some sort of information or entertainment or something different. And I can tell you right now, nothing on every television show that should be on right now is on pause or some excuse for whatever. And the rest of it, we're in the summer. So you're in reruns. So even there's nothing there for them to be distracted. So even if there's something entertaining that you can provide, people are going to gravitate toward it. And if you've got existing clients, I mean, the resources are there. I think it's just a phenomenal reminder to go after the existing customers. Don't sell, you don't even have to sell them anything. You could just provide them something that has nothing even to do necessarily with your business, but something that they might benefit from even on a personal avenue. So then at least there's something that you're offering of value and not necessarily selling. So like you said, when they're ready, they'll come running towards you. Great example, uh, there's a kitchen arts store, and so they've got sell knives and pots and pans and all kinds of things, which um, start to do videos showing people how to use the knives that they've bought or the knives you've sharpened for them, right? You have this customer base of people that are bringing their knives in for you to sharpen or, or bought from you. And so you could start doing videos where you're showing them how to creatively cut fruit for a glass or for you know something that you're going to display on a food tray or for a meal. And you know, I'd kill to learn how to cut like, you know, fruit so so it looks like a bird or, you know, or whatever <laughs> and be able to have it on the corners of a plate when you're serving food to family or whatever it may be. And so, you know, just, you know, you can be really creative and again, engage, engaging with your current customers with some tie into the business or to your point where it's just something that's interesting and, and something that they might get, might get a kick out of. And, you know, like, so these chefs, many, you know, for example, if stick on the restaurant for a moment, you know, they're all home and they're, they all have gardens or they work with gardens, you know, for all of, um, you know, their basil and this, that, and the other. And, you know, they might be given tips on start your own garden or you're everyone's sitting around the house, you know, what, what else can we do? Well, let's carve out a you know, plot of land in the back and, and create a, you know, create a garden and, and so forth. So, so there's different, different things you can do. Um, 
And then I just want to make a comment. If someone's starting a business, you know, we often, you know, we'll say that you've got to get out and talk to your target market early and often. And so while people are home, if your target market's small business, they're all home now, you know, getting out and speaking to somebody, you know, today through your network, probably someone could say, oh, I know a couple small businesses and it's best you go to people you don't know for honest feedback. And so, you know, now's the time to say, can you give me 20 minutes to hear about a new, I'd love to talk about what your focus is and, and then share with you an idea about how to maybe help your business going forward. You know, you have 15 minutes. And so you could be sharing a new idea and get their feedback. And you could, you know, similarly, if startups need, they want to be talking to potential mentors, they want to talk to advisors or possible large, you know, customers or business partners or strategic partnerships, whatever it may be, you know, now's the time where they, you know, people have a little extra time to where you could capture some time with them to have that conversation versus when everyone's in the day-to-day grind, it's a little harder to get their attention. So just take advantage of this time to be promoting your new product offering or the enhancement to whatever you're doing. Or if you're, you know, existing small business and you want to maybe bring a new line into what you're offering or a new service you're going to provide, go get feedback. You know, before you're jumping in and going at it without without that feedback, you can now's the time to get it. And you could reach out through so many avenues on social media. So there's, uh, you can even communicate with people that you you don't have in your your own database. And I'm glad that you you brought up the starting up a business. I mean, how many times so far over the past couple of months have you heard people say crisis now equals opportunities? And a lot of small businesses are going out of business. I heard statistics of like 33%, which sounds kind of like a lot, but I heard about it over the past, say, month or so. But right now, not as much competition. So as you mentioned, if you're out there being creative and innovative and you have that persistence, you can do the startup. And what are, you know, maybe you don't necessarily have the capital to do that. So if you've got, say, a new brand new idea, as you said, you want to talk to some people to find out, really you know, talk to that target audience and kind of get their feedback. After you say you've done that, what are some of the next steps so you can actually make it where it's in motion now, or it's actually you are selling or servicing in this type of an environment? Yeah, no, for sure. So if you do have that new concept or, you know, you just decided to start whatever business it is, give us like some additional tips on what we can do in order to get it to the next stage, because there are a lot of challenges right now um, with not being in person? And what if it's a, it's a service that we have to be in front of somebody to, to perform the service? I mean, you know, how your hands are tied in some of these situations. Yeah. So maybe if I step back for just a second on the, the topic, I would love to share something first and then we can answer, the, answer that specifically. When I'll speak at conferences, I'll, I'll ask for a show of hands, how many of you think you're an innovator? And about 10% of the folks raise their hand. And then I'll ask how many of you on any given day, week, month, you know, experience a product or service and you say, wow, that could have been done better. Or if that product had this feature, it would be so, you know, so much more uh, useful and, and so on. And so how many of you ha- have those ideas? And every hand goes up. And so the only difference is that if you have an idea and you do not, you know, if you do something with that idea, you noodle on it, you share it with others. Someone says, wow, I love that. I'd love to work on that with you as well. If you take it forward in any way, you're an innovator. And so we're all innovators in our own right, because we, we just don't you know, let you know, sort of take those ideas and just uh, sort of let them go. And so now more than ever is the time for somebody to take an idea and start to noodle on it and 
really give it some additional thought and maybe engage others and also go get feedback on the idea. You know, whoever your ultimate target market is, you know, go get feedback and see if it's something that would be useful or wanted and so on. And it's, again, if it's a product or service, you can go get feedback. You can set something up, uh, you know, for phone calls and virtual and so on and start to advance the idea and potentially be, you know, sort of geared up for when it, when the time is right, when we're going to come out of all of this to go full bore on the idea. Don't sit and wait on it and say, well, let me just wait until I can, you know, go see people in person. There's a lot that can be done today, as we, you know, we sort of talked a bit earlier. There's a lot that can be done today, you know, for you to, to vet the idea, get feedback, iterate, go back, you know, and go back and forth. And, and you'll find some folks that are interested and say, well, you know, when you, you know, work on it a bit more, bring it back. I'd love to, love to see how it's progressing. And so, again, I would say if you're in your target market, if it, don't go to family, don't go to friends, don't go to people you've done business with before. You go to total strangers so you'll get brutal, honest feedback. And you could find within your network and, you know, as you mentioned, you know, go over to social and you can ping folks that are in your target market or through your network of friends and so on. Go find those people and you could start to get out there early. So one of the one of the first things you've got to do is get out, understand their, you know, again, their goals and their objectives, what they want more of or what they don't have and that, that they feel they need and then figure out, you know, where you're fitting into the mix to help advance their business in one way or another. Again, whether you're saving money, saving time, increasing revenue, maybe increasing their clarity and mindset to go forward or or what have you. So it's really important out of the gate to go and sort of test those things. And if you're an existing business, you could be doing the same testing new ideas or new features or a new offering or or whatever that may be. That's first and foremost and and, and sort of critical. Now, in your conversations with business owners, have you found that a lot of them are saying, they're pulling back on budgets when it comes to either marketing or putting into inventory or, or looking at buying a new service from somebody. So is that an obstacle that you're finding that everybody is kind of being really tight with the purse strings? So uh, regardless of the product, they're kind of hesitant on moving forward or is that just maybe in certain industries, like maybe a restaurant is saying, you know, we got to really watch our P's and Q's because everything is pretty tight right now. Yeah, so it's a valid point, but I think what what I'm really driving at is that take an idea, get out there, you can get feedback. It's not costing them anything. You know, you can have a conversation about where you fit in the mix and helping them. And I'll tell you, if you're going to help them drive revenue or lower costs or save them time or do some of those things, they'll find a way to pay for you. So, you know, again, you have to figure out where you're fitting in. If you're going to be an extension to a product line of something they're offering today and they see value and you're, you're selling them on the value of this and that this could be kind of a new front door for people to come back into that retail shop, for example, or it's an exciting new line that if you started to carry that, it'll attract, you know, new, new folks into the door and your current customers are going to love your kind of the expansion and, and maybe buy new things like they're like, well, you know, whatever you've already been selling them, they have enough of. Well, there's here's some new thing that might be exciting or a little bit of a twist to what you offered before, whatever it may be. The bottom line is that there will be issues because with the reopening of physical stores and so on, or the the reengagement of services that people are offering, there's going to be some challenges and and there's going to be types of businesses that just may not make it through this, which is very sad to see the high percentage of folks that won't won't be able to make it through because they were carrying the carrying cost of what they had to sort of absorb 
throughout this may not sustain to where they can come back out of, out of it. And maybe they're, you know, some of the PPP funds and other things that they got didn't sort of cover enough. And there's a lot, there's a lot of issues that people will face. But again, I, I just feel really strongly that capitalize on the opportunity of virtual today doesn't cost you anything to get someone up on, on Zooms and talk about your products and your services or get a customer on the line and, and deliver services that are remote. If it's something that has to physically be done in person with, with a customer, that, that's a bit more challenging to do remote. But, you know, again, you've got to find ways to just get out in front of them and make sure you're top of mind and, and that you're in the mix when they can take advantage of your services, you know, you can, can then offer them to them. Now, from personal side for you, you're on big stages. You're doing a lot of keynote addresses, a lot of different conferences. And since those are on, on hold, are you doing any virtual events where people can get this information on a regular basis yeah. or is it a once a month? Or I mean, what, what are, are you, I'm sure you're doing some sort of performance. Yeah. So my time is, is about roughly 40 to 50% of my time. I'm traveling the, the U.S. and in some cases around the world for sp- speaking on, you know, national stages. So that came to a complete halt. And so, you know, I was doing a little bit of um, interviews and some podcasts and things prior, but it has amped up to where probably on average 10 to 15 times a week, I'm doing an interview, a podcast or a, a summit or event, large event. And so the beautiful thing about now is that I think my record was three summits simultaneously. So where I could never do that in person. You know, if I travel somewhere for three, four days, that's the only place I'm going. But I, virtually, I literally have three devices going at once. I'm watching three conferences. I'm, I'm commenting if someone mentions me, thanks for the shout out. And then you're shutting down two with the volume and, and the third one speaking and then swapping in and out and, and multitasking like uh, <laughs> better than I've ever done before in my life. So the opportunities have been incredible. And and where I had to turn down things before, I can now accept and just, just have to manage it properly. So it's been a very exciting time. And I mean, I've just, uh, I've got the one, two, three, I got four today. Yeah. So this oh is one gosh. of four. So it's just, that's the beauty of virtual today for me. And so, so I'm taking full advantage of it, trying to get out as much as I can. It's been great because I'm also not just delivering messages around starting a business or how do you, what do you do to scale it? I'm talking about the backstory. I'm talking about, you know, me and my life and other things, like all kinds of different topics have come up with different, different interviews, which has been exciting to mix it up and no two are alike, which is great. And, and I don't deliver the same message every time. It's sort of just, you know, a, a kind of, I guess, uh, draft off of the conversation and, and having a dynamic conversation like we're having here and, and the topic, wherever, wherever this goes, it goes and we'll, we'll have fun with it. So, so that's been great for me to be able to, to do that and not be asked to do a, you know, one of my popular talks again on a, on a live stage. I can, I'm mixing it up and I really, really enjoyed it. And it gets your message out to so many more people as opposed to somebody had to go into a conference or whether there is a paid event, you know, that whole industry drastically changed overnight. And it sounded like all the players in the game adapted very quickly to this entire new platform. And it sounds like it's much more beneficial for you this way because of the outreach and and the potential that you have. Plus it's like you said, it's a lot more fun than delivering the regular speech. I mean, it's, it's obviously for that particular industry, either the sponsors or the venues or the people that run it, you know, obviously there, there's a challenge there for them, but the speakers 
sounds like it's more beneficial for you and obviously the audience too. But in the future, when it does come back, do you see it being like a blend between the two? So you're, you're doing the in-person because there's, you know, there, there's, there's something obviously when you are in person at an event and somebody like yourself's on stage and it's exciting, but the virtual world, that platform is something that it sounds like you're just going to end up doing both all the time. Yeah. So virtual is here to stay. I mean, if you look at any industry and any company environment to an industry like, you know, the motivational speaking or thought leadership speaking or, you know, topical conferences, the virtual is here to stay. And this is going to, fill time between the, the actual in-person live, live events. So they may, let's just say they do an event four times a year. Well, they've got all this time in between where they can do some things virtually, where there are so many things that can happen. And I just, I just wrote an article that, that got published about virtually speaking and the new, the new normal for going forward. And so from both, pers- well, three perspectives, the speaker, the host, and the attendee, there's value for everyone. And there's also opportunity for everyone. So, for example, there are a lot of conferences that, you know, attendees would love to attend, but, you know, it's got a hefty price tag. And so there's or or it's held on a weekend that just doesn't work for them. And there's so many complications around hosting it at a time when when all of the prospective attendees can participate and they they can't. You're right. There's just so many things that kick in, whatever the issues may arise. And so. So virtual gives you the opportunity to not replicate what you would be doing in live, but complement it. So, for example, you know, the live might be speaking, uh, thought leadership speaking, motivational speaking on topic, you know, for 45 minutes to an hour, where you might do uh, virtual where, where it's interview style with the host, kind of as we, we're doing here. And uh, where we're just having a conversation and it sort of just, you know, flows like the river, wherever it goes, the conversation will go. And so, so there's opportunities to supplement and complement in things that are different, a different approach, a different twist. Get, let them get to know the speakers better, you know, so that when you're hosting the live, they're like, I want to go because I, I really want to meet those speakers. I just loved hearing about them and they're funny or they're this or they're that. I want to I go and meet them where they may know you, you know us by name or they may know us from our experience, but don't know us. And so there's an opportunity you know, for some of that where they, you know, where the attendee will get to know the speakers better. They get some additional content. They get, they get some value through the virtual experience. The host gets to test new speakers. Like, let me put them on the virtual first, see how they do. If they do a great job, then we can, you know, potentially give them, you know, give them the main stage when we do a live events. They can also mix things up. They can expand their audience. They can be cultivating relationships with attendees so that then they would be maybe a feeder into those live events and they can spin something up quickly. They don't have the cost and expense. There's not the concern, will I fill the room and cover my expense? You know, these hosting these live events, a multi-day event is very, very costly and, and very time-consuming, needs a lot of staff. There's all these things that are required that you've just got more flexibility in what you do, how you do it, how, how often you do it, and so on. Some have gone to the extreme and do it a little too much, uh, you know, where it's just, you know, kind of almost daily or weekly where they're doing lives and doing things. And, but others have been a little bit more, I guess, um, prescriptive as to when they're doing it, making sure there's value in the content and, and so on. And so, so that's great. And, of course, from the speaker's perspective, as, as I op- open with, with the question, you know, there's tons of value for me to be broadening my audience, broadening the reach, broadening, 
you know, my message, broadening all kinds of things, letting a lot of lot more people to get to know me and be able to hear hear me talk of things differently. I have my groupies that, you know, wherever I speak, they show and, and, you know, on the virtuals, they're on every virtual, you know, and they're right. That, that was great. I learned so many new things that I hadn't heard before. And I love to see that. I love when, you know, they feel that, you know, it's not the same old, same old, uh, or to the point where they could recite what's coming next, <laughs> you know? So I try to really mix it up for that reason. And, and also it's been fun to see that, that they've enjoyed that and being able to hear just different things than the uh, sort of the similar topics that you know some of the conferences may ask for. Well, what I appreciate the most is getting to know the personality, and that's what was attracted to me when I first saw you at the virtual summit. I, mean, I go, I like his personality. Yes, the message I enjoyed too, but there's a lot of messages out there. So when you can get the two of them to match up, then you become a groupie. So it's it's great to be able to have somebody like yourself to have those conversations where you can't necessarily, you're not going to do that while you're performing on the stage, but I'd really get a chance to to hear or see that depending on where I'm listening to you or watching you, like you said, in the summit. So I think that the people like yourself that embrace this, it's take advantage of it in, in a positive way. It'll, at the end of the day, the attendee or the person like myself who's watching it benefits so much more because there's so much more value. Plus there's a relationship there where you know there's nothing wrong with becoming a groupie. I, I think that's a, <laughs> I think that's a great well, idea. I'll, I'll, I'll welcome you into the groupie family. How's that? I'm <laughs> in. I am definitely in. I'm, I'm, I, I need my t-shirt. It says I'm, I'm an alpha groupie. <laughs> you get a mug, you get a pin, get the, uh, you know, the new groupie. <laughs> yeah. There, yeah. There should be a groupie swag bag that you get when you sign up and, uh, all right. Picture like all that. Yeah, you could do it. You can do a whole. Let's see. That's very good. I just came up with a whole new innovative product line that you can come up with. I think that's, uh, that's <laughs> the potential is there. And the great thing is, all of these platforms that are out there make something like that so easy to do that. Where most of the time, you just got to take a picture of something or have it designed by a simple graphic designer that you can do on Fiverr for you know thirty, forty bucks. Next thing you know, there's companies out there that do all the rest of it. So you just you advertise the yeah. link. So there's, there's so many potentials where you don't have to spend hardly any money whatsoever. I would say if I did a mug, I would want my face at the bottom of the mug inside. <laughs> so when you take the last step, as opposed to staring at my mug every time you drink the coffee. Um, so this, this is encouraging people to finish their drinks. <laughs> right. Yeah. With some sort of face like, Hey, what's going on? Or like refill time, you know, <laughs> something right. along those lines. Right. <laughs> where, where, all right, now I'll put something like, where have you been? You know, <laughs> took you, took you I'm going to finish this. Where have you been? <laughs> yeah, what's, what's going on, dude? I, uh, hello? <laughs> you leave me in the kitchen for three hours, you know, you finish that last sip and don't see me? Come on. Yeah, yeah whatever, <laughs> whatever. So um, <laughs> how about a final takeaway, something actionable that people can use and do as soon as they get off of listening to the show. Yeah. So I, I have a couple come to mind. I'll, I'll, uh, the one I'll lead with is, um, so one of my mantras is look big, act big, become big. And so the real focus of that is, you know, what are you doing to set yourself apart, to look professional, to look bigger than you are? Uh, it's all perception at the beginning. And so, so for example, I'll ask, you know, show of hands, how many of you have a, you know, business email address that ends in, you know, uh, at, Gmail, Hotmail, Yahoo, and if you're older, AOL, et cetera. And so about 40% of the hands go up. 
so the first thing I would say is, you know, how serious would someone take you if you're not spending the $5, you have a domain, you have a website or a landing page anyway, but you don't spend the $5 to get an email address that matches your domain for your business. Like, you know, professional, right? You want to look professional. You want to, you want to be taken seriously. And, and so that, you know, when I see that, I'm like, oh, well, how serious are they in this? Are they in it? Are they partially in this? They're not really in it. Or are they lazy? Or like, what's the reason why they wouldn't have gotten their domain and their email, email address? And so, so I think, you know, you, so you start with that. And then, you know, oftentimes we're in conversations with folks. And so thanks to Twitter and other tools, we shorten, you know, the stuff we write's really short. We stay short snippets of things. We might get on a Zoom. And so what you want to do is professionalize yourself as much as possible. So you have a brand, you have colors, create a five-slide deck right? So five slides, who we are, what we do, uh, what makes us unique, what our customers are saying, and how we might work together, you know, as a partner, as a customer, whatever it may be. Five slides, who we are, what we do, what makes us unique, what our customers are saying, and what would a partnership or relationship look like, you know, between us. And so you create those five slides. And when you get on a Zoom, the person says, yeah, let's, let's get on a Zoom and let's chat. You could just say, look, I, you know, I've created a few slides to just frame the conversation. Would you be okay if I kicked things off, you know, and just, just went over those few slides? And they always say yes. So you take over the, the screen and you present those five slides. Done with the conversation, you package up a PDF version of that and email it to them. So this way they can review it again. They could share it with others. And it's not the telephone game where you say something, they interpret it a certain way, they tell someone else, and then they're like, we don't need that. And you get the call and say, we're all set. You know, we're not going to go forward talking anymore. So you're just putting your best foot forward. You look professional and you're going to make sure your message gets delivered to whomever is hearing it. Then you get on a follow-on call with the whole team and they say, well, can you, um, uh, you know, we're going to kick off the call. And you could say, listen, I, I know we sent over the slide deck, but just the level set for everyone on the call, would you be okay if I just run through those slides? And they always say yes. And so now you own the second call with the group. And you're, you have a chance to put your best foot forward and you look professional. So this, again, perception, you know, you're bigger. And it doesn't look like this is your first time calling someone like this, whether it's a strategic partner or possible mentor advisor, maybe an investor, maybe, a, you know, someone that you're just, just initially meeting to see if there's a fit to talk further. So put your best foot forward. And so if you operate in that way, you're going to look big, act big, become big. And so the last thing I would say is that we all have that sort of strategic person we want to call, but we're hesitant. And so I'll ask for a show of hands. How many have that one person they want to pick up the phone and call, but you're hesitant because there's stuff like you have to finish the website or the product's not quite ready, or you're not really sure if you're sort of up for that call quite yet. You're afraid they're going to ask you questions you can't answer, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all the excuses. And so I would just say, you've got to stop those excuses. If this is a strategic partner, you know, it might take you six months to a year to close them as a partner. So what do you want to do? You want to continue working on things for the next three to six months and then make the call then and wait another six to months to a year to, to do business with them? No, you want to get on that call today. And so if you're hesitant, they'll hear that right through the phone or they'll see it on a Zoom. Or, so you've got to get yourself fired up for the call. And how do you do that? Well, you can call a loved one, hold a baby, pet a dog, Sing your favorite song, which is my go-to. I belt out Don't Stop Believing by Journey. I get all <laughs> fired up. I just got the bills. And then I pick up that phone and make a great call. And when you have a great call, what do you do? The answer is always 
celebrate? And I say, no, make another call. Accomplishments are something to build on, not rest on. Don't put your feet up and celebrate after that first call. Make another call because your energy will be felt through that phone or seen on that Zoom. And eventually when we're back in person and make a second call and have a great call, then make a third, make a fourth. And at the end of the day, celebrate. So there's so many things that you can do to look big, act big, become big, and take full advantage of that because it's go time. You know, today is go time and every day is go time. And we have to stop any stuck points, fear, hesitation, excuses, and go for it. Wow. Incredibly powerful information and real, true action items that are completely realistic for every single person. I mean, you didn't make anything out of touch. There's things that somebody can actually start doing immediately. I love the five slide deck. The amount of notes that I have, the amount of quotes and segments that we're going to take out of this towards the end of what you just said to promote that to people, because these are things that can make a huge difference immediately. And that's what we always want to provide is real life, tangible takeaways. They could see results immediately. Wow. Right. Um, makes it's sense why always, you've had so many companies that uh, are so successful. It's repeatable and focus on the small stuff. It's those little things that will make the difference. The amount of notes I kind of now, you know, the papers to the side, I'm trying to squeeze it in. <laughs> There's just a lot, a lot of information. This is definitely a show where people have to listen to it multiple times and start using the information and the tips immediately. And as you mentioned today, it's go time. No more, no more excuses because you're just going to be in the same place in a couple months anyway. So that time is, is gone. You have nothing to lose. So if they don't work with you, fine. They don't call you back or whatever the situation is go on to the next. There's a lot of fish in the, in the sea. So, wow. Thank you so much, Alec. That was amazing. I am going to ask you to come back on in the future. And I know that you have an extremely busy schedule, as you said, that you are on four different events today. But when you have some free time, even if you want to pop in for something short, like you know, even a 15, 20 minute in between to throw some tips at people, my invitation is open-ended. So whenever you have time and you want something to share, we're here for you. Our whole platform is open because uh, you're just a, you're an amazing guy. And like you said, you've got a, you've got a great personality. You're too kind. And I really appreciate that. And so I will definitely welcome coming back on and we'll, we'll get it scheduled just so it doesn't slip through the cracks. Perfect. Thanks again, Alec. It's Alec Stern, the, well, I should say America's startup success expert. And today talked about business advice, starting up, surviving, and thriving. Amazing tips, Alex Stern. Oh, Alex, give your website so that uh, people can contact you directly so they uh, can learn more about you and watch that video when you're playing the drums. Uh, there you go. Yeah, the best way to get a hold of me is through my website, which is Alex Speaks, A-L-E-C Speaks, S-P-E-A-K-S, alexspeaks.com. Uh, you can go there. There's... Uh, couple of resources. There's um, talks about my speaking and my coaching and, and mentoring. And uh, there's a fun video showing me uh, drumming on stage and all my social channels. If you want to find me through social, you'll see my channels all listed there as well. So, so alexspeaks.com is the, uh, is the best thing. And I look forward to, to getting to know some folks that those that reach out. That's great. And then what we're going to do is, as usual with all of our guests, we have them showcased on our platform and our website, and we're constantly promoting them and their events as, as once they let us know what's going on. So you can always go to everythinghometalkshow.com. Alex will be 
has his own display on there and information about the show and all of his contact information. So you can always find him under the business category and also under the uh, famous people category. So he's on there a couple of times. So if you ever want to find him, that's where he is, everythinghometalkshow.com. So again, thank you, Alec. And I look forward to having you back on and good luck with the rest of the stuff today. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You've been listening to Everything Home with Michelle Swinnick. Life, laughter, and the pursuit of happiness. To meet, learn from, and hire the experts and the guests, professionals, and members of the Everything Home Socially Conscious Referral Network and Marketplace, visit everythinghometalkshow.com slash episodes. And to listen, subscribe, rate, review, like, follow, comment, and share, go to www.everythinghometalkshow.com and find us on all the major listening platforms. Thanks for listening. We hope you were entertained, and we hope that you picked up some real-life, tangible takeaways from some good people doing good business and good things. Till next time, this is Everything Home, signing off. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumba no purchase necessary btw void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus